Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Almost 30. It is a solo episode, really a conversation with my husband, and I'm so excited to share this with you. It is not often that he is public facing, and I hold our relationship as you have probably seen or heard me say as just really sacred and private, and it's important for me to do so. And he and I both agree that these conversations that we rarely have on the podcast have made an impact. It's really beautiful for us as a couple to have these conversations in this format, but also we've heard from so many of you that even us just talking things out in real time, sharing sharing honestly in the moment with each other has been helpful and healing. And I'm just honored to, to share this conversation, especially as we enter into parenthood. So that was the impetus for sitting down. We are literally on the precipice of parenthood and just feeling, yeah, feeling all the feels and feeling so grateful. And so wanting to really capture this moment and just bring you in a little bit on this experience, being pregnant, our relationship, bringing a child into the world, entering parenthood, motherhood, fatherhood, raising a mixed child. Yeah, this conversation goes a bunch of different places that I actually didn't expect and some very real moments of like, okay, we're going to talk about this. But I feel... I feel really good about sharing this with you, and so does Sean. So this episode is coming out at a time when I don't know if the baby will already be here or about to be here. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not sure because we recorded it at like beginning of the second week of August. So we're just not sure. But thank you. Thank you for always just respecting kind of how I've shown up as far as sharing my personal life. I've kind of evolved over the years from sharing so, so, so much to just being discerning. And I, I think it comes with maturity, but I also just think it comes with, yeah, being in tune with the energetics of sharing. And that is very nuanced and very unique to you. So not to say that my way is the best way, but I'm just kind of honoring yeah, what my, what my intuition is telling me. So this is a conversation with me and my husband, Sean, in our living room. And I really hope you enjoy it. If you're new to Almost 30, I'm so glad you're here. You can learn more about what we're doing here at almost30.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Follow us on socials. We're kind of fun over there at Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram, Almost 30 Podcast on TikTok. 
find us on YouTube. We do have a video of this episode. It was shot on my phone. It's not very professional, but uh, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, it's what we had, what we had going on that day. And, and you can watch it on YouTube, but I am going on maternity leave. What does that mean for all of you? You probably won't notice, to be honest. We have batched episodes and feel so blessed that we're able to do so. I will also be writing. I will be writing the rest of the book with Krista, editing during this time, kind of at our leisure. And I feel really lucky to be able to do that too. Being in just such a deep creative process with this pregnancy and a deep creative process with this book, it's no accident. So I'm sure I'll have more to say about that eventually, but thank you for your support and love. Enjoy this episode and I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Simsik, S-I-M-C-I-K. You can DM me and I'm really excited to eventually after baby arrives, share some of my pregnancy experience. I've kept that close and intentionally didn't want to share in real time. I wanted to have that experience between me and baby and my husband and not feel the pressure or need to share everything. It's just my preference on the process. And I'm excited to eventually share because I know a lot of you are either pregnant now or want to become pregnant or are kind of in the process of. And so if I can share my experience, not being an expert of any sorts, but just share my experience and yeah, make you feel a little less alone and also empower you to really listen to yourself, then it'll be worth it. So enjoy this one and I will see you on the other side. I am juggling quite a bit lately. <laughs> I have a new baby, um, six months in and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, if you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. <laughs> Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, uh, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, so let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, so I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. 
I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus, and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L-threonate. Um, it's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood-brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. Okay. I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app. Um, Superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. Okay. I'm here with my husband. Hey. My intention in sitting down and having you on for the third time, I feel like we always, or we have done these conversations before pretty major life events. Would you agree? I don't know if we planned it that way. Yeah. So what were the first two? The first one was while we were in LA. First one was while we were in LA. And the second one was right after we moved in together here. 
Yeah. Well, I think it was right after, maybe not right after, but we had gotten engaged. Is that true? I actually thought it was before we were engaged. All right, fact. Know, maybe, we'll have the fact checkers check, but I feel like it always, it lines up that way where we're kind of on the precipice of something that's about to like change with it. Or maybe... No, maybe you're right. Maybe the other one we did was when we were talking to Parker, and that was shortly after we moved in together. Mm-hmm. Either way. So we are probably, when this episode comes out, probably within, you know, a month and change of welcoming a baby into the world. This episode comes out almost a year later after we got married. Wow. Which is so surreal. That's crazy to think about. We didn't plan it that way, but also... We were not not planning it that way. I feel like we were open to having kids kind of the moment that we got married. (laughs) What'd you say? Shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. (laughs) I I just wanted to kind of like catch us before we step into parenthood and see how we're feeling individually as a couple. And I think from what I've gathered as far as from our listeners and people kind of sending me messages just kind of curious about like this journey of pregnancy but also as a couple you know I think that's like lesser known how to navigate I feel like pregnancy people are like okay so here are my recommendations but when it comes to navigating something like this as a couple it's an incredibly I think complex experience and nuanced where there's a lot of like joy and excitement, but there's also just very real changes within, changes around us that need to be talked about between us that I feel like have been some of the most like strong connection points I've felt with you through this process. So I wanted to like kind of hear from you on that. So... We'll be asking each other questions. This won't just be me interviewing you. No, I kind of like this. Keep going. <laughs> but like ask me questions, okay? Did you always know that you wanted to be a father? Hard-hitting question just to begin. Sure. I think conceptually, yes. And part of that was because growing up without a dad, I was excited and excited yearn for the opportunity to be there in my child son's life but it wasn't something that I've planned for it wasn't like hey by this age I need to be a father or when I become a dad I'm going to do this this and this it's it's kind of been more conceptual so you know I'm excited for the opportunity and even as my therapist said to me recently She basically said, Sean, this is incredible that your child is entering the world under the circumstances of being wanted and having two parents who want him to be here. It's like, whoa, like that, that's pretty powerful, right? You can talk about privilege. You can talk about a lot of things being brought on first base, second base, whatever the metaphor is, but to know that you and I are pretty solid and have spoken about a lot and know that we have no idea what's going to happen next. But to know that he is wanted is, I think, is a great place to start. 
Yeah, I've never really thought about it that way, where even though from early on in our relationship where we knew that we had chosen each other and we were going to get married, like we talked about kids, but I never thought about that, the power of both of us wanting, choosing, and just how that reverberates into the child, I think more so on an energetic level, but I've had moments and maybe it's the hormones, maybe it's not, but like where I've been on a walk and just thinking of you as a father, I'm like brought to tears and also just overwhelmed with the significance of it. Just knowing how much work that you've done around that part of your life, around your own father and just the father figure in general. Do you feel like you've had to really confront any fears or doubts in the wake of that work or has it just naturally worked together to open you up and to this like new role and feel pretty pretty confident i mean i think i feel pretty confident but that's least in the fact that i understand i'm not doing this alone yeah and my mom was my everything, is my everything. And I remember one time, and I don't know if it was in the last episode, but I may have given the anecdote where I remember we were at one of our family friend's homes, and my mom's friend had also raised her child as a single parent. However, she raised a daughter. And she basically asked me a question, Sean, is there anything you feel like you lacked being raised by a single woman I was like yeah without question and the woman's response was I don't agree all the child needs is love and I hear that but I'm I will vehemently say my mom can't teach me how to be a man and I don't mean that in the generalization or stereotypical or everyone thinks that a man looks a certain way as much as I mean that in a practical and maybe she could have done these things and this is not to be disparaging, but that wasn't part of the plan, but like shaving, learning how to throw a football, going to the back and playing catch. And part of it is maybe she didn't have the time or bandwidth, obviously having to provide for my brother and me. There's a lot of thoughts I have about well, what does it look like for me to teach him to be a man? And I know that while my presence won't simply be enough, I think the way in which I treat you, how we talk about things, how we handle our business, how we prioritize, or at least right now, talk about prioritizing our relationship, but I think the dark side of that is your boy has demons. Like I still got a lot I'm working through as it pertains to not having my dad around and what that looks like and how I've treated people in the past and why I respond to certain things the way I do. And so I think all of that is constant work. Don't see that as you just wake up one day and you've arrived. As much as it is rearing a child, I imagine we can read countless books about how this is quote unquote supposed to go or things that people have done and I'm a firm believer in experiences undefeated 
And so having people around who have raised multiple kids is great and to lean on them and learn from them. But he's ours and this is our family and the way in which he reacts to something or how we react to something may not be the same response that your parents would have had or my parents would have had or people who have talked to us parents would have had. And so it's this fine line between how I was raised, who I am, how I hope to be versus what he's like when he's actually here. And that's why I think it's just continuing to have the conversation because right now all this is theoretical and by the time this joint drops, I think God willing, he'll be here. And so we're around the time he'll be here. And I may have a very different answer. Yeah, it's so funny to think about. There are so many parenting resources. There's books. You can ask anyone who has kids their advice or they'll give it to you whether you ask it or not. And there's this idea that I definitely subscribe to, which is the child also has a very specific like soul agenda where we think we have to like teach them everything in order to be who they are in the world. While I don't think it's all wrong, I do think that there's, yeah, a part of the individual child that is there innately. And so how can we as parents see that, recognize that, love that, respect that without trying to change it? And it kind of makes me think of like how I used to be when I was dating and even with you like early on, like when we first met and even tendencies that showed up when we first started dating where I had that tendency to control and want to change you or other people who I dated in order for me to feel better, in order for me to feel more comfortable. And I think about that a lot with our child and also how I was reared. I was definitely loved and accepted. And I also experienced my parents kind of controlling in certain ways out of fear or out of a need for us to be a certain way in order for them to feel a certain way. So yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot because I think we can be excited about all the aspects of this child that you're like, oh, I can't wait to do this with them because that's going to be so fun. And you've said like a multiple times, like, oh, what if, what if they don't like that? Or what if they're not into that? And how that feels as a parent or as Sean, it's really interesting to kind of feel into that. Do you also believe that the child has his own innate coding that we have like kind of nothing to do with? A couple of things. You said a lot. So I, <laughs> I challenge the notion that we have nothing to do with. I think it is our job as parents to guide and usher our children sure. and protect them first and foremost, but it's to help bring out whatever it is they want to do. So I agree with you that there are things that we didn't directly or that we don't directly know or expect, yeah. but if and when we either find those things out or tease them out, of him, it's our job to then like stoke that fire, regardless of if that's something that 
we like, we're accustomed to, et cetera. And that can be hard. And I already know that's going to be hard for me, right? Whether it's he doesn't like sports. Like sports was so much of who I was and my identity. And so potentially having to learn something else is going to be challenging for me. But if that's something that brings us closer, then I got to figure it out. The other piece I'll say, when you said that, you know, your parents, whether it was controlled out of fear or something else, I've definitely felt that way in the past, but I also believe that part of it is out of love, right? Where going back to that notion of protection, maybe they didn't know any better and they wanted to protect you. We want to protect our child. Like you want to protect me at times. You tell me not to do certain things. Like (laughs) I think there's a notion that parents have it all figured out. And I think we're going to learn very quickly. There's no playbook, right? One of my largest anxiety or fears currently is the moment where we get handed our baby and they pat us on the shoulder and they're like, have at it. Good luck. Like, (laughs) yo, we're leaving this hospital. We walked in here, just me and you. And now we're walking out three deep and it's going to be crazy. But I would love to flip that question back to you in terms of do you feel I don't want to say ready but do you feel motherly like you were the oldest of four how do you think about potentially bringing a child into the world a mixed baby if that and how you feel about that how you think the world's gonna respond and react to him and your role guide feeling in that whole thing yeah I've always felt for as long as I could kind of like own that motherly feeling, I've definitely felt that as a part of my path. I definitely, I think it helps being like the eldest child. And I wouldn't say that my mom made me like a second mom to my siblings, but I think just innately as the eldest, you not only like paved the way in certain ways and uncomfortable ways, but you're also observing your siblings and seeing yourself in them and really wanting either them to do better best for them so I've always had that just desire to yeah be a mom and I think in more recent years it's become clearer and clearer just through a deeper understanding of kind of my soul's path that it's a part of my purpose and I think over the last however many years of the podcast like seven years of the podcast it's been interesting to actually own that because you can become so career focused and accolade focused and outwardly facing like this is what I do this is what I offer this is why you should follow me like me listen to me and for me to say that motherhood is a part of my purpose, it's not something that I will get validation from the world for. Not that I need it, but it's a kind of a shift and I'm excited for it because I feel like it almost feels like I'm about to settle into myself in a way that I haven't in a really long time. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy does not mean it's going to come without a lot of challenge and confrontation within myself along the way. But yeah, it does feel kind of like a 
interesting homecoming that overall I'm really, really excited for. And then just bringing in our child, just to think about our story and our coming together and what we've been through and what we continue to commit to, having this child as a manifestation of that and our love and our Yeah, it's like I, I can't even feel the breath of like how powerful it is. It almost feels like I often feel, and maybe I'll feel it also in birth, like our ancestors are just like, whoa, like you don't understand how important this is. And I don't think on a human level, I truly understand how important this is to be raising a mixed child to... Yeah, be a guide, be a protector, but also be a witness and a safe space for his experience. I can only speak to my experience and I can also learn from yours and learn from his. And I don't want to, I don't plan to go into parenting him as I know all. And I don't want to go into parenting him as like, let me protect you from the world. That's not realistic. Do I have fears? Sure. Yeah, of course. And there are probably things that I don't even know I should be nervous about and afraid of because it's not my experience. So, you know, it goes back to like our partnership where not that I'm going to lean all on you and put it all on you at all, but it's going to be a collaborative experience. And I'm not going to kid myself into thinking like, I got this when this is totally uncharted territory for me. But I know just like, I get out of breath very often. So excuse me. But I know that just like that feeling of feeling like motherhood is my purpose. I also know that bringing our child specifically into the world is part of my purpose. I love long pauses with my husband. Just taking it all in. This episode is brought to you by better help. Uh, Therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, yeah, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. 
It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash almost 30. Did you have any reservations? We've been together for four years-ish. Depends who you ask. Depends who you ask. (laughs) As a white woman, did you ever think about the future, having kids, and feeling like some type of way, especially as it relates to bringing in a mixed child. Sure. But to me, it was never like I didn't, I didn't want to be with you because you were white, but like you, you happened to be white. Now, are there times where in the past I thought to myself, hmm, I should only be with a black woman? Sure. But for what? Because then I wouldn't have to have some of these conversations. Then life would, quote unquote, be easier aesthetically. And I remember I was talking to one of my best friends, mentors, big brothers, Brother Barnes, and I think it was after actually he listened to the last podcast episode that we did and the dexterity of some of the conversations we've been forced to have, we've been thrust into having. And he was like, you know, let, you know, I don't know if you didn't date someone like Lindsay. Now, I don't know if that was a racial comment, a personhood comment, et cetera, that you would have dug as deep. And so for me, it's been less about who you are racially and more about who you are personally, intimately, spiritually. Now, to be very clear, that's not a cop-out because I think, yes, there are things that undoubtedly we will both have to deal with in terms of raising a mixed son who will likely have experiences with a different texture than you or I have had to face. And while there may be some that I understand inherently and implicitly, there is no part of me that is white. And so I've had conversations with friends who, when I make the comment, I think it may be harder for him than it was for me because his mom will be white. So he will be white and he will be black. And so how do you deal with that from an identity perspective versus me who understands that though people may not like me because I'm not white, in addition to a litany of other reasons, I'm not like, oh, well, that's wrong because there's actually some whiteness in me. Whereas for him to walk into our home or be reared by us and have white grandparents and Jamaican grandparents and, you know, people from all races and creeds, hopefully showering him in love. I hope that he sees that as a positive and as a means of saying, I don't care what color you are, but I don't want to confuse that with that's going to be the way the world views him. Right. And so, yeah, I don't, that is my long ramble of saying, 
I didn't say, damn, I wish Lynn was black or I should have dated a black woman or I should have married a black Yeah, there have been thoughts about that. I'm only human. But I don't know. I think if anything, I'm more curious from your perspective. I've dated other white women. Have you dated <laughs> other black men? What what is that what does that mean for you? Like how did you think your family was gonna take it? How do you think your family's gonna take it to have a mixed grandson, right? Like I, I don't know, like I for better or worse, I have operated a lot in my life, whether it's from a school perspective or from a work perspective, in predominantly white environments. So I know how to move, I know how to operate. Curious how you feel. <laughs> yeah, your girl grew up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Need I say more? Yeah, predominantly white. And yeah, I have not dated another black man. You're my one and only. And it's been, I'm just thinking about the journey, especially with my family, where Knowing very early on, not the first iteration of us, when we reconnected, where when we reconnected, I was like, this is my person. Like, no doubt, you're my person. And one, that's pretty sudden. You know, if I'm kind of bringing, whether you're black or not black, bringing that to my family. And I don't think we've ever had like a rapport in my family of getting really excited about who's dating who and like, just like, oh, tell me about it. It's been kind of just like, there's always been a distance. I think the focus has been on career accomplishments out of love. Like I've always been supported to be the artist, to be whatever I want to be, but the focus was do that first, handle that first, make that a priority. I think dating and boys and all the things were always like a distraction, which at times they were. But when I'm, you know, 31 and I reconnect with who I know is going to be the person I spend my life with, I think in my experience, my family might've been operating on like an older template and I was too. So we were kind of relating to each other probably as like teen or even early 20s, Lindsay. So I had to come to terms with that. And then for me to introduce you to the family, et cetera, I had so much anxiety. Why? Because you are someone who is who you are no matter where you are or who you're with. And I grew up where, for better or for worse, I think it really served me in a lot of ways, where I was thinking about what do people think about me here? Let me be someone who they like, who they accept, who they think is polite and easy to be around, generally speaking. So when I thought about you meeting my parents and then kind of what comes with that after meeting the other parts of the family, I was nervous because, and I'm sure you've felt this and you've expressed this to me with a lot of people who you meet for the first time, 
they can either love you or like feel really like, whoa, almost like confronted by who you are because you make them feel a certain way about themselves. So all that to say, I had a lot of anxiety and what I realized through lots of therapy and thank God for our individual therapy, you know, I feel like that has been so important in these moments where, yeah, you're not going to be the one that I go to talk about some of this stuff, even though it involves you, but it really isn't like your issue. And same with me, with what you talk about in therapy. But I really had to get very honest about what this feeling and what this experience was calling me to, which was a total up level in how I related to and connected with my family and how I owned our relationship and how I wanted to move forward in a relationship like this. I've never had a relationship like this. So what I noticed is that the more that I was comfortable with and focused on us and not necessarily not worried about my family, I shifted the energy. Whereas my anxiety about what they were going to think, what you were going to think, were you going to feel comfortable? Were you going to feel accepted? Were they going to feel a type of way? All of that was so outward and so pointed in their direction that they unconsciously felt that and were then responding to it. But when I just like what we say, keep the main thing, the main thing, it totally over time dissolved. And I don't know if you were aware of that over time dissolving. Cause I know you would like call me out. You're like, <laughs> you get so hyped up when we're about to see your family or hang out with your family And this is not to knock my family or to knock anything. It's more so just like I was creating this energy and or focusing so much on that energy. So when I kind of shifted away and made my focus us, I had a different experience. And I also had talks with my family, you know, like very honest. And that also opened up a new line of connection with them and also understanding of you, of us and how we're proceeding here. And it's been so healing and so rewarding as like just me who's kind of made it about other people a lot. It's been really like, wow. I can create my own experience and not be at the mercy of my anxiety or what I think other people think about me or you or anything. And I really look forward to like time with our families now. I don't have that anxiety. I'm like just this, I'm excited even for the challenges that await us, the hard conversations that we're going to have. What? Tell me more. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Tell me what? We may need to take this offline, but what, what were some of those conversations that you had with your family? I think this is the first time I'm hearing about this. So if you're able to say, uh-huh. what were some of those conversations, et cetera? 
when I was going to move from LA to New York to essentially be with you. Nothing else was pulling me back to New York. I, my family is in the area. There was concern. And concern in the form of, this is a big move. Are you sure? You have a whole life in LA. You've built so much in LA. Just a lot of, are you sure? Are you sure? And like, if we think about parents, if I put myself in their position, maybe I would have the same question, right? So one thing, so mm -hmm. was it explicitly concerned about you and moving here and leaving your life? Or was there also concern about me and who I am, whether or not they knew me? I think it was both because they didn't. Yeah. yeah, they didn't. It was, what, six months after we got together? No. No, no, a year. Let I me know. let me just do a little timeline. I know. It seems like only one of us has it down. <laughs> so dinner was in October, a year and a half, two thousand nineteen. Yep. And then I booked a one way ticket in mm, April May, of yeah. twenty. And then you didn't move until April of twenty one. So May of twenty one. Yeah. So yeah, but. Even so, how much time did we spend with my family in that time? No, you know, I, I, yeah, not that much. Yeah. So it was like not knowing you, not really understanding. And also, mind you, I hadn't brought anyone to my family, like dating wise, in a very long time. So it was layered, right? I'm not saying it wasn't you, and I'm not saying it was you. It was just like, it was the whole experience and at the time it really upset me it definitely upset me what upset you it upset me that I was receiving kind of like a doubt or from other people where I'm like I'm so sure I don't understand why are you happy for me and it was just again that lesson of not everyone's gonna get it when you follow your heart like they're just not and that's okay. But the people who love you will be able to see and really feel that when you follow your heart, whether you're happier or whatever comes in its wake, they'll get it eventually. Not that I'm waiting, but they'll get it. And for me, it's been beautiful to, to not that I needed them to get it, but for them to be in a different place now. And for you also to have the opportunity to have individual relationships with my parents and my siblings. And it's just, it's so cool. And so it makes all of that like feeling that I had that was like so hard to deal with worth it and makes sense. Yeah, that's powerful. I have a lot of thoughts. What I will say and acknowledge, it is also super cool to be with someone who has done enough work on herself to have the level of independence and conviction to make that decision and drive it forward. And I say that because I've been in scenarios in the past where people I've dated or spent time with weren't 
as independent. And so because of that, they were heavily influenced by their family. And for a litany of reasons, whether that was financially because I was black, where I and said person was in their life, there was a lot of things that because the person I was with wasn't either as comfortable in who they are as a standalone or weren't comfortable with who I was as a standalone or wasn't comfortable with what we were building, it makes it increasingly difficult. And I remember, and this goes back to your first question about have I ever thought about marrying a black woman versus a white woman versus whatever. And I remember a mentor of mine had said in this, I don't know, this is probably 2012, 13, 14, was basically like, Sean, life is already so hard. And so to make it harder by potentially being with someone who's not your race, who, if that's going to become an issue, whether it's with said person or said person's family, why would you do that? And again, I don't think what he was saying is wrong. Now, you can have people who take the other side of that and why is he telling you not to date outside your race? Like that's laced in rate. Like whatever you want to say about it, I deduce that to be similar to as you commented about your parents. I think people are often looking for kind of the easy way out or the path of least resistance. And that often means don't have the hard conversation. Don't do something that other people can criticize. Take the traditional road to get places. But if you look at a lot of people who have done incredible things in the world, whether it's from starting a family to making an incredible invention to some of the best athletes in the world to being an OG in the podcasting lane before everyone was doing podcasts. You have to do something different than everyone else. The most traditional path has the most competition. That is like basic to me. And so I also don't want that to be confused with, oh, I married Lindsay because I knew it was going to be hard and I like difficulty. No, that ain't it either. But I do think that there's a level of entering in this eyes wide open where do I know that there are going to be some inherently difficult things that we talk about? Of course. But for every conversation that I wouldn't have to have with someone who is the same race as me or the same ethnicity or have the same cultural background as me, because I wouldn't have to explain, hypothetically speaking, what Patois or Beef Patty or James Baldwin is, like, I'm happy explaining those things to you because it brings us closer. And there are things that I've learned from you and your family and, you know, the story I love telling is I remember the time where, so I call Lindsay's dad, Uncle T sometimes. I don't know why I just do it. Not to his face, but be. obviously not to his face. And <laughs> Uncle he, T. he was sitting in a chair and I just walked up behind him and like massage his shoulders. And my girl Lindsay looked terrified when I saw her from across the room. <laughs> And I just remember speaking to you about it later and you were like, yeah, he doesn't like to be touched. We don't touch my dad. And it's just funny because again, my relationship to him and my disposition isn't one of he's my dad. He raised me. 
I'm not looking for his approval, acceptance, et cetera. I would like it. And I hope that I have that. But it's just, it's ironic because we have that in different scenarios, right? Where we're at my house and my mom doesn't like when the water's on too long. Mm -hmm. But you come over, your mom comes over and you're trying to be nice and you want to do the dishes and you leave the water on too long. Everyone has their Their idiosyncrasies. Yeah. But we're socialized in homes where we take on some of those things as our identity. Yes. And that's why I'm like, I'm excited to have our own family where we get a chance to imprint hopefully more good than bad things with things that go on in our home. But I also think just the last piece on that, like that's, what's been beautiful to witness both my family, your family, where, yeah, we know that we're coming in as that, which is different, right. To what they might be, used to but to see them overall really embrace the other and or get curious and or yeah just slowly open up has been so cool like I just yeah I really I didn't expect that I look forward to it happening over and over in different things of our life it's just really beautiful Okay, for the sake of time, I want to pivot really quickly to round out and talk about this pregnancy. And I'm just like, in the hearts and minds of people out there who either are pregnant and in partnership, who want to become pregnant, who maybe have gone through it and might do it again or whatever. But there's so many layers to this experience that are both individual to the person who's pregnant, individual to the person who is supporting and in partnership with the person who's pregnant, but also as a couple. There's the physicality, the body changing. There is, yeah, the unexpected like hormonal changes, the fears that come up, the brain is literally changing in the pregnant person. (laughs) So, I would love for you to just share as little or as much as you want about your experience of me being pregnant, maybe things you expected or didn't expect from the partner or man's point of view. Sometimes we don't hear from that partner's perspective because so much is happening here with the pregnant person and it's almost like they don't feel like they can take up space to express because this is more important, but I actually, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you've been an amazing symbol and super attractive pregnant woman. Now, I don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. Right? So it's not as though I'm saying, oh, this is our fourth child, so I'm able to say this is how you were in the first three, right? So I'm doing this with you. I think I've benefited from the fact that I don't feel as though you've been very hormonal to the point where I'm sitting here saying she's definitely changing. And I don't know if you're protecting me from that or if you just haven't had those shifts. But if anything, I felt bad that I couldn't support you more because obviously whether it's me traveling for work, et cetera, I think 
you've been an incredible support system. And there are times where I feel insecure about not being able to do much. And so even as I think about what happens when he's here, I obviously know the focus is going to be on making sure he's healthy, et cetera. And it's then my job to support you. But from my perspective, I've just, as you just mentioned, tried to be curious, right? Where, you know, we have 19 pillows in our bed and I'm like, dog, what's going on here? But <laughs> it's like, why, why do you, why do you need that? Mm -hmm. Because I have trouble laying on this side or when I get up, I need to get up more slowly. Or when I was out here doing work the other night and I heard you go to the bathroom, you said, babe, that happens like five times a night, you just don't hear me get up. But I'm out here when I heard you go to the bathroom, like, babe, is everything okay? Because yeah. I, again, like I just, I'm not as, I don't feel it physically. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, as I think back to first trimester, second trimester and where we are now, I don't think I appreciated how quote unquote tired you were during the first trimester where I'd roll over and give you the nudge and you're like, babe, I'm trying to go to sleep. Or like, and I don't think I just, I, I didn't get it. Right. And then in the second trimester, when you had a lot more energy and you wanted to just do things, it, it's it's tough for me to sit here and say like, oh, I get it. I know exactly what you're going through. And maybe become baby number two or three or four. You know, it, oh, <laughs> dog. It'll, be, oh. it'll be different. <laughs> but I feel very lucky to have been with someone who is taking it like a champ and, you know, is still working on the book and putting in work and grinding and doing things and while still being cognizant of taking the best care you can with multivitamins, nutrition, stretching, et cetera. So yeah, unfortunately, I don't have a riveting answer of this revelation that, oh, this is what you need to know because I feel like you've been a champ. Yeah, I I keep saying this and it's probably so boring and annoying, but I'm really blessed with how I felt. And I don't know why. Like I can guess. I can just say I'm blessed with people say, "Oh, when you're having a boy, it's different. When you're having a girl, it's different, whatever." I could say it's how I took care of my body before, during. But I know people who take care of their bodies and they feel like absolute shit the entire time. So, you know, I will never be out there prescribing anything to anyone. I will just, I can share my experience. But yeah, it's definitely been interesting. In the beginning, it was more confronting when my body was changing. I was used to having a body that I was like, I have a great body. I'm proud of it. You know, like working out, eating right, just feeling very in my body and confident. And then when your body starts to change and you feel like shit the first trimester, I was like, oh, this is that. This is what they talk about. It's it's definitely a mental, mental game almost every day. And then just having thoughts of like, I don't doubt that you loved me, appreciated me, thought I was beautiful. Like you always make me make me feel that way and remind me of that verbally. And the mind is wild. I would just be like, when my body really changes, like, what's he going to think? And what if our sex life changes, which it has, like, inherently during pregnancy? What sex? <laughs> but it, it's a real thing. And being able to cultivate intimacy outside of 
always leaning on sex, which I don't think we did before, but it was like just more convenient. Like when your body changes like this, I thought I'd still be able to do cartwheels and shit, but like you really are limited in what you can do and how you can be in pleasure during sex. So I just remind myself always that like this is a long life with you. That these moments where I'm feeling like whether it's like we haven't had sex in a while or I'm just not feeling super good or whatever, that one, we can create intimacy in other ways. And I think we do that really, really well. And two, like I just think about all the seasons we're going to have together. We're going to have a season where the kids are leaving the nest and we have a total it could be a rebirth of like maybe we travel and fucking are in our 20s again that feeling whatever I don't know but it's like I can't be so focused on what is now and how it's like it's not the ideal because like it's just going to it it's not gonna last forever this is definitely purposeful we've learned so much yeah I don't know I just it's been interesting yeah, I agree with all that. And I would say, and I think we did talk about this on the other episodes, but particularly around sex, right? For me, growing up with a single mom, but having a Jamaican heritage upbringing and yeah. father, the masculinity often is shown through the physical. Sure. And so for me to continue to grow and develop and understand that there are a lot of other ways to be intimate outside of just being physical. I think this is another testament to that where, okay, how can I show you that I care about you, find you attractive, think you're sexy, love you dearly without just my hands or my body, right? Like how can we engage in a way that we're talking about things, we're cuddling, you you call it whatever you want, but to be clear, there are some nights where I'm like, thank you, I just, I'm trying to go to sleep tonight, like for real, like I've been traveling. <laughs> and so I, I just think it cuts both ways, but if this was me, I don't know, seven years ago, I don't know that I would have known either how to vocalize that or if I didn't perform, it would be bad to my psyche or my identity. And if we weren't doing that, then it meant something was wrong with the relationship. And so to be able to openly talk about it, but more importantly, understand that this is a season and when he's here, a week later, we'll be back. That's, <laughs> that's a joke. But th there are just ways in which, again, like to your point, this is a process. These are seasons. And I don't know, there, there's just something to me really cool. And I feel really blessed to be doing this thing called life like with someone, right? I don't just have to talk to my therapist about this and then go out and need to find someone in the world or beat my head against the wall because you're not understanding or listening to me and then we just resent one another, right? right? There's a way in which we're kind of working through this stuff together and to me that's been the coolest thing not that we've gotten it all right and haven't argued and we're humans just like everyone else but I've been really comforted and blessed to be like yo I got a partner in this thing and if anyway it makes me 
appreciate and respect my mom even more who had to thug it out and do all these things as a single parent. Yes. But also makes me feel that much more blessed that I don't have to do it alone. And if anything, be able to show her what a partnership looks like and have her be a grandmother and be part of his life in a way that she hasn't had the opportunity to do either. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I look forward to most. Having us and our little nucleus, but then having our parents really enjoy being a grandparent, you know. I think the last thing that I'm, there's so much we could talk about, but I've approached this differently in terms of, obviously I have a quote audience, public platform, you're incredibly private. And I feel really blessed because not that I needed the confirmation or feedback or affirmation from people, but I've just gotten countless messages of like, I really respect like how you approach things in your personal life, especially big moments and keeping certain things private and you inspire me or like I do the same thing and no one talks about it, whatever. So when it comes to our child, like that's a whole other layer that I want to be as intentional about as possible. And I haven't necessarily said this publicly, but like we won't be showing our child's face on social media. I have a public profile. I have a public thing. And I think just from my perspective, I'll just speak to kind of my why. And I'm curious just how you feel in general about like people knowing the community, you know, all the things. But for me, I think there are aspects of the internet that I believe are incredibly dark and unsafe. And so to have and this is not a knock to anyone who shared their children online. But for me personally, it feels for them not to have the say in it. And then also to have their likeness out there. We live in a day and age of AI, stealing identities, all the things. It might sound a little conspiracy theorist-esque, but I really want to protect in that way. And then two, I think energetically, that's a lot of eyes on a child. And again, they're not consenting to that necessarily. And I've even felt that energy where I have a lot of eyes on me, you know, at times. And I've had to do some of that spiritual work to protect myself from projections and all of that. And three, it's just really, really important to me that we keep our privacy and our life, certain aspects of our life, many aspects of our life together private because sharing in real time or just sharing it all for me has felt, he hasn't felt in integrity and really has put some of my relationships in the past, family, friends, even you in in a really interesting and not so great position where I didn't realize the effect that like putting things out there had on the intimacy of the relationship and the trust at its foundation. So yeah, I'm thinking about all of those things and it's a really clear choice. Like I don't doubt it whatsoever. How do you feel? As I often joke, the famous contemporary poet Drake saying, 
<laughs> no new friends. And obviously that's a little tongue in cheek, but I say it because I just want to be intentional about having our own traditions, right? Building our own family. And that's not in spite or at the expense of anyone else. It's just, I don't necessarily want to invite a bunch of people who I don't know to be commenting on things good or bad at such a pivotal moment early on, right? And when he's of age, he'll decide for himself what he wants to do, how he wants to present himself, all these things. But for me, I think we are in a day and age where people confuse information for intimacy. And I think you are the prime example where there are a lot of people who quote unquote have access to you. And so there's an expectation that they should have the access whenever they want. And though they hear your voice in their ear all the time, some of them actually know you and most of them don't. And that's a very, it's a very fine line because I've been to events of yours and it's incredible the community you and Krista and Almost 30 have been able to build and develop and grow and curate. Like it is incredibly powerful. But I think part of the power as I've seen it has been when I'm in the room, right? There physically. And because for all intent and purposes, more often than not, I would imagine you're going to get the good actors in the room together to have the alchemy of that session increase and just have it be amazing. Whereas some of the people who are just trolling or putting commentary on social media, I get made fun of to this day because I don't follow you on social media. And they're like, what do you mean? How do you not follow her? Like, I live with her. Yeah. I wake up next to her every morning. I don't need further exposure, right? Yeah. She, she's doing her own thing. And what I've noticed about myself is there are times in the past where I would see certain things, whether it was because you posted something that was in our apartment or very flashy in my eyes, where I'm like, that's what Linz wants to do. Let Linz do that. I don't need to be able to control it or feel some type of way. And none of this is, I hope, coming off as... I'm holier than thou or right versus wrong. It's just I am a pretty private person and I've liked it better that way because then I can move and operate in a way where you may see me out and you have no idea who I am. And I think a lot of people, particularly in this day and age with social media and athletes, I don't know. I see some of these athletes and I don't know. That's what I would want, right? To have to walk down the street and people running up for autographs and not Again, to be clear, not confusing that I'm one of those people who has that clout that would warrant that. But there's a way in which I'd much rather just keep our family to us and share if and when we want as opposed to feeling compelled to or at the mercy of said contract, et cetera, that we have to do something. But I think that's, who knows, that may change, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, and you've taught me so much about that too. And I think in partnership anyone listening, like some call it compromise, whatever, but it's been actually really rewarding to compromise on this piece of privacy versus being public. And I feel like I've continued to strike a balance and somewhat middle ground. But I mean, I even said the other day on social media, like, yeah, I used to be more public. Like I used to share more and I don't anymore. And that's just been what's felt the best for me and the best for us. And I would never want to 
yeah, make you feel like I don't respect our relationship or respect you in how I show up online. Very last thing, I just feel like a little pivot, but you've been so incredible and supportive in the ways in which I want to approach birth and how I want to prepare for it. My intention is to go naturally. We're going to be giving birth in a hospital and all the things. But I told you early on that like you are my rock. Like you are, you're really important in this process. It's not just me. It's not just the doctor. It's like you are my rock. And maybe I'll share about this eventually down the line, just kind of like our prep going into this. But yeah, is there anything that you've learned just about life maybe or anything in the things I've kind of sort of made you do or asked you to do with horse to support me in birth, like hypnobirthing, we work with a doula, different exercises, things like that, which I think, you know, are tedious. Like we can have times where it's like, oh, do you have time for this? But you've been so incredible and I felt so supportive, but have you been surprised by any of it? Yeah, I think I would suffice it to say what starts out as woo-woo becomes things that you like to do. And I don't know, I think that's part of discipline, right? And a perfect example, like last night, we're out with friends eating at an Ethiopian restaurant. And I'm like, why are we here? Like vegetarian Ethiopian food? Like I'm a pass on that. But it was just nice to be with people. And my buddy was like, hey, just try this. I know it's tofu. And if I, would, if I didn't tell you that, I don't know that you would have known. That's probably my, the favorite thing I eat. And I say that because when we started this whole process, I'm like, do we really have 90 minute sessions of this thing? I have no bid for this. But in doing it, and one, I don't want to confuse me excitedly showing up, like I can't wait to do this with, I know it means a lot to you. And by actually showing up prepared or reading what you asked me to read, yeah, I didn't always like it. But there's a part of me that, okay, if I know Linz likes it, then it matters. If anything, I think that just speaks back to like the partnership, right? And by the way, I've learned a ton and there are stuff that we're learning in this class. I'm like, oh shit, like I can apply that at work or like that. that's mad interesting. (laughs) I may, I may use this. So if anything, it's, what's the saying? Strong beliefs loosely held where if you would have asked me on my own volition, if that was something that I would have either signed up for wanted to do or even like to do, I would have said 0 for 3. But in having gone through the process with you, I can see the value in it. And hopefully, whether or not it pays off in the room, I think at the end of the day, it brought us closer to have done it together. Yeah, I completely agree. It was like the process of it was kind of the point and it'll be a cherry on top if it supports us on game day. But I love you. Love you. I can't wait. I can't wait to do this with you. That's it. Thank you all so much for listening. That was me and my husband, Sean. And yeah, it's rare that we do this on the pod, but when we do, it is very intentional. If you loved this episode, I would love for you to share it. You can also DM me at Lindsay Simsick on Instagram. I appreciate your support. And please make sure that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We have new episodes every single week. 
And if you're someone that wants to go deeper with us at Almost 30, we have our Almost 30 membership. This is a really, really, really special and unique place for you to connect with other like-hearted people who are just on their path and down to grow and yeah, just know themselves more deeply. And it's fun. It's dynamic. It's just the best and will be an incredible investment for you. It's a six-month container. You can go to almost30.com slash membership to learn more. And until next time, until next time, I'm about to enter motherhood, or maybe I already have by the time this comes out. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) We recorded this a few weeks before, so just know that I love you all and I appreciate your support. And I'm, yeah, I'm just so honored to be entering this season. I'll see you soon.